I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. I was thinking about something today that I wanted to encourage us with and and point out is that uh, Trey, mom said that you got your teacher those Hanukkah candies. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to say that, remember this, we can respect what other people believe without believing it ourselves mm-hmm. and that's an example of that you're not Jewish right, right. do you know what we're reading right now do you know what religion this is right here the Old Testament no Jewish that's his scripture now we get into Matthew Mark Luke and John and that's not Jewish anymore this is New Testament And the Jewish people believe in the prophecy of a Savior. They just don't believe that Jesus Christ was the person who fulfilled that prophecy. But I do think it's important that we can unite with people who think differently, who believe differently. And we know of the goodness of God. And I totally believe that when it is time, the reality of Jesus Christ as the Messiah will be presented to people. And we can trust God with that timing. We don't have to go out and change him, and we don't have to disrespect him, and we don't have to make a big fuss about the disagreement. We can respect and love people who think differently than we do without adopting the things that they believe in. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it makes like easy sense to a kid, but I'll just tell you like for adults, that can be a real issue. People aren't able to easily love people who think differently than them, especially when it comes to religion, people who have different spiritual beliefs. For some reason, my observation is that as you get older, it becomes harder and harder to accept that people don't believe the same thing spiritually as you. But we don't have to be, we don't have to treat them disrespectfully because of it. We can love them. And we, I, I believe that I don't even have to feel pressure to get them to accept Christ. I believe that as evangelicals, it's an invitation for us to participate in bringing them to Christ. And if we make good on that, that invitation, 
that it's going to bring us a, a good a good sense of peace. However, I do not believe that for the Almighty God to express the truth of Jesus Christ to His people, He needs us. I am I'm, I'm when I say He needs us, that He needs me. I'm quite certain that the Lord is capable of working regardless of if I choose to accept the invitation or not. But I believe that the invitation is good, that it's good for me. And so I want to say yes when the Lord invites me to do those things. But I don't uh, I don't believe I have to. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think it's very important. So I just wanted to point that out, Trey, that you showed love there. Uh, even, even though somebody believes differently, you know, you showed love and, and, uh, and I'm, I can learn from that. And I think a lot of adults can. So thank you. We are in second Samuel and we're trying to finish up chapter 16, verse 15. And this is as David is going along. And of course, uh, he gave Zibah Mephibosheth's belongings and Shimei came out and cursed David and he was quiet. What's that? Threw rocks. Threw rocks at him. And David was quiet and that's inspiring because so was our Lord Jesus Christ on the day he was crucified. Mm -hmm. Verse 15. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the men of Israel came to Jerusalem and Ahithophel was with him. Then Hushai the archite, David's friend, went to Absalom and said to him, Long live the king, long live the king. Absalom asked Hushai, Is this the love you show your friend? Why didn't you go with your friend? Hushai said to Absalom, No, the one chosen by the Lord, by these people, and by all the men of Israel, his I will be, and I will remain with him. Furthermore, Whom should I serve? Should I not serve the son, just as I served your father? So I will serve you. Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give us your advice. What should we do? And then I'll just kind of summarize uh, verses 21 and 23. Ahithophel gives Absalom some advice, and basically what he tells him is to degrade and offend the concubines and wives of David. And he tells him to do so in such a way that it would be hard for David to see his wives the same. You know, it would almost be like if I put a, I mean, not 100% like this, but if I put like a permanent scar on my face it would be hard to ever see me without seeing that scar does that make sense (laughs) and that's not physically necessarily what happened uh, between absalom and the concubines but more or less it's just a metaphor of the fact that absalom degraded and um he violated the uh you know sacredness of of david's family of david and and that was given that was advice given to him from Ahithophel and all of Israel knew about it 
or I should say all of Jerusalem knew about it at least. And Ahith- so Ahithophel gave Absalom terrible advice, really bad advice. Do you remember what David prayed for in chapter 15, verse, was it 20? No, 31. It says, Now David has been had been told, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. So David knew that Ahithophel was working together with Absalom. So David prayed, O Lord, turn Ahithophel's counsel into foolishness. So David prayed that Ahithophel's counsel, you know what counsel is? Like a group of specific people. That's another form of counsel. And counsel, in this way he means like to counsel someone, like to recommend, to give advice to them. Um, So Ahithophel basically saying, Oh Lord, turn Ahithophel's advice to Absalom into foolishness. Ahithophel gave Absalom bad advice, just like David had prayed for. That bad advice came about. Some of that was prophesied through Nathaniel to David, that this would happen to him. I see it like this. If God knows something that is ungodly, that that is going to happen, and he gives a prophecy about it, does that mean God made it happen? No. No. If God knows that tomorrow I'm going to sin, which certainly he knows when I'm going to sin, if there was, if he gave me a prophetic message about it, that doesn't mean he made me do it. It doesn't mean that he wanted it to happen, just that he knew it would. Does that make sense? So when Nathaniel was giving, you know, the curse sort of to David, that the sword would never depart from his family and that uh, these things would happen to him with his wives, I don't necessarily believe that just because that message is being told means that God is the one who's going to make sure it happens. I understand that David was facing consequences for what he did with Bathsheba, but I also know that there are consequences in life that don't come from God, but they're just consequences of this earth, of this fallen world, and of being entangled in sin. Now, if the Lord knows that we're going to face certain consequences for our decisions, and he tells us about it, that doesn't necessarily mean it's him doing it. If it was him doing it, then in my mind, it would have happened regardless of if David would have done something with Bathsheba. I think what the Lord could see was that what David did with Bathsheba started this very bad series of events um, that were part of the world's consequence. And I'm, I'm not saying that there is no spiritual consequence coming from the Lord as well. I'm just pointing out that I think the Lord can also discern natural consequence, uh, earthly consequence for, as well. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Yeah. Um, the um, whole sin, like it's not God's fault it happened thing, led me to the thought of when I forgot his name, I think he was one of the judges, he made a promise that he would sacrifice the first thing that came out of his door to meet him, and his daughter came out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, who knows what he did to her, but it wasn't God's fault she walked out the door. That is correct. That was a very trying 
scripture when we read it and we had to really calm down and try and understand exactly what was going on. And it taught us, just accept the Lord's blessing. Don't try and pay him back. Don't try and live like there's something you're going to do that's going to make it fair when he blesses you. Like, oh, I'm going to pay him back. You can't live a life that's worthy of Christ. He just gave it to us. There's nothing really that you can pay back to him that would be enough for him. That's right. How are you going to pay that back? It was God in the flesh. Yeah, what, what can we possibly give back? That's not a challenge to not give anything back. It's an awareness that you could give absolutely everything back and it wouldn't be close to enough. So what's the reason? We're not giving back because we feel like we're going to make it right with God and settle the score. All he wants is our hearts. We give back because it's the overflow of our heart. Maybe I should just let you guys teach. That is it. What a beautiful ending point. I love you, boys. I love you, too. You guys are good kids. <laughs>